0: Thank you uh, for coming. The only thing I ask is put your phones on vibrate, please. Let me make sure mine is on vibrate. Okay, mine's on vibrate. Okay, Um, so the reason I did this, you know, there's more people that are going to be coming in. Uh, Please excuse those people, guys, but there is some traffic. reason I did this is because, first of all, I've known these three individuals, great friends of mine. I've known Ahmed now since I joined the business almost 15 years ago. We started the same company um, and I've seen his growth go exponentially higher and higher and I know he's just gonna get higher and higher, okay? Um, Amanda and Dunia, luckily I was lucky to have them as students, okay? Which many of you have been my student as well. Um, and the reason I, I, I brought them in is because they are destroying the business. They started doing that on literally the first year. So I wanted to make sure that you guys hear from people that, you know, are, are doing what they, sh- they did, I mean, when they first got in. It may have taken them a month, may have taken them two months, but within the year, they were already doing great, okay? Um, and now their business is already huge. Uh, I know they've been in the business almost three years, three, four years, right? approximately um Dunya just got her broker's license uh oh, not no not yet ahmed i know no not yet okay so <laughs> i mean they, they they all go through different um paths i guess you could say almost like what you see with me and ahmed ahmed went more luxury i went more let me open up a school let me do a brokerage okay so um but it shows you that you can make it in so many ways in this business one of the reasons i love this business So um, I'm gonna be asking them questions that are more entailed for you as new agents, as, you know, agents that may be coming from somewhere else uh, that may feel, you know what, I need a spark, I need something, I need to know what I'm missing. They know, okay? They've done it, they've been there, okay? So I wanna make sure that you guys hear from them. So I have, a uh, few questions that I've already written down that I will be asking them um, for all their, their answers. And then later on, we'll open it up to questions that you guys have. So I want to make sure that you guys are interactive with us as well. Um, and if it's okay with you guys, if they can follow up on any questions that I may ask, um, just raise your hand and that way we can get your question to them, okay? Um, so let me introduce them. This is Dunia Fajardo. Now, for you to know also, before I continue, they are all in three different companies, okay? The reason that's important for you to know is because I believe a lot in relationships. This business is all about relationships. If you create a relationship from the very beginning, from the moment you're gonna show a property, from the moment you list and then do an open house, then it'll be much easier to get to closing. It'll be much easier if you have a great relationship with a title company, with a mortgage company, with this, and with other agents, okay? So I want you to see, they've always been there for me. Anytime I've needed them, they've always been there for me. Um, and I'm always there for them as well. So Dunia Fajardo, she is with Keller Williams, guys. Amit Buta, she, he's with Compass. Yeah, Compass. Okay. I was pronounced it differently, <laughs> And we have Amanda Davenport and she's with Remax, okay? Um, so just tell us a little bit about when you guys how long you have been in the business, okay, and let's say what you're looking to do further. Okay, like for example, you got your brokers, what are you looking to do further? So just tell us a little bit about it. So um, I've been in the business for about three and a half years. most of my business so far
1: has come from my sphere. And I well the reason I got my when I would call my sphere, they, and I would tell them if you're agent, do you know anybody, like a oh, whole little routine. Um, they like, be like, oh, you, you got your license. Somebody else has their license. So I wanted to have something that was a little bit more than the real estate license. Not that that makes a difference. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, a doctor's paper. But I, I, I just felt like I wanted to have something a little bit Beyond the real estate license, um, and what am I looking to do now is growing outside of my sphere, like not just relying on uh, that circle to send me the leads and, and to work on them. Um, to just, I'm um, putting myself out there a little bit more to find my my own leads, um, which I, it's been a challenge. It's not kind of easy, but but I guess that is my goal. Like, forward. I have my circle that's sending leads, but at the end of the day, I don't want to always rely on them and to at least be the equal or maybe even find more leads on my own than just my, what
0: my spirit has given me so far. And I'll up a little bit on what she said about the brokers guys. I did the same thing, okay? I've had my broker's license for about three to four years and I didn't open up a company then. The reason I utilized it is for the same reason she's saying. When you go to any appointment, when you do a buyer's consultation and you do a listing presentation, at the end of the day, they want to know how much more studying do you have than the other guy. So it is just knowledge. Knowledge is power. That's one of the reasons I'm doing this, okay? Because with every little thing that you learn, you can then utilize for any listing presentation, any buyer consultation, okay? So that is a plus, okay?
2: Amit. So yeah, my name is Amit Buddha, hashtag the Indian realtor. And I've been doing this 15 years and um, I wore this shirt on purpose today. It says closer. And I had the wrong mentality going into real estate. I thought that I need to be a closer. And when we have that mentality, it does nothing but harm to us. So one of the things as far as going forward, what I'd like to do is providing content to people that they're interested in and that could help them. And I do my best. Um, we have every week. So there's three of us on the team. So it's me who's been doing this 15 years. Then I have a 23-year-old f- female named Jade. And then a 24-year-old guy named Will. And every week we're filming 12 hours of content. We're, they're following us and we're creating content. And more than anything, we're in a, we're in a, a world where we try and get get attention from people, whatever it is, whether it's our spouse, our friends, um, businesses, whatever it is. And we're doing our best to get as much attention going forward from people that they want to see. Because a lot of times we'll, we'll think and we'll see, if I do this video, what other videos am I comparing it to? And it's not that we're just comparing it to videos. We're comparing it to them going out to dinner or watching Netflix or whatever they're doing. And we have to have our content good enough where it's consumer focused, where if it's a buyer, if we want to work with buyers, we pretend we're a buyer and like think like, I'm sure all of us, when we have buyers or if we've bought something, if our offer was accepted, we're excited, but we're like, wow, now what? Mm. And if we do a video or a piece, audio or anything written word, and it's like, my offer just got accepted, now what? And you show a person like this, you're probably gonna have a much better chance of someone seeing your content. So that's basically what I'm trying to do going forward.
0: And and again, just to follow up on that, guys, Instagram is what a lot of people are going to, right? Because it's mostly pictures, but to be honest with you, what I've seen the movement on is towards their new TV, which if you guys have, you know, when you put up a story, Okay. Then they also have, I, I believe, it's called IGTV. Mm-hmm. When you do IGTV, people are creating literally their own little shows within that because it allows more than just 30 seconds. Do you understand? Or more than just 45 seconds. Uh, so what he's saying is like we're all used to me myself. I'm used to putting oh just close, or you put a picture of the closing, or you put a. But what if you were to do just a quick little video that says just close now? Okay, that grabs more attention because at the same time, they get to see more of your personality. In a picture, you can't really see personality, right? So the video allows you to do that. So even if it's 15 second video or a two minute video, at least it portrays a little more of you. Do you guys get that? Okay, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that with Ahmed and then Amanda.
3: contract, and offer I was doing, it took me five hours because I had a clue. So I partnered with him and worked as a buyer's agent because he was a listing agent. So I took all his buyers. And from all those buyers, I created relationships with them where pretty much every person I had, they referred me a friend or a family member. So that was the first year. My second year was literally all those clients I had were referral-based. From a friend or so on so that second year was great because i literally was overwhelmed with all that and then i had friends and family that trusted me more because i do about 25 to 30 transactions a year they're not big most of my sales are up to 250,000 or less i don't do i do more large ones now this year is completely different this whole year all my business has been working with other agents outside of the state of florida So I partnered up on the Facebook sites with all these real estate um, groups and had conversations on the phone, via messenger, just putting myself out there, and literally every single client I have right now is from a different state room located in Florida. So 100% of my business right now is that. So every year I've done something, tried something different, and next year my goal is to get my broker's license so I can utilize that piece kind of go
0: back to the beginning of where I started and stick more inside here. Great. So, guys, what I just heard is this. There are many ways to lead generate, right? So what she has decided to do to lead generate is reach out to other agents from the United States or even outside the world or in the country, okay, outside the country, to let them know, hey, I could be your Miami, Florida, South Florida agent, okay? But you create a relationship. It just became the same thing. So she's already got her referral base, which again, if you listen to it, so how do you lead generate? Oh, contact your sphere of influence. Sphere of influence, now let them know through video. Now get back to other people and let them know that I am your one here, okay? So if you have yet to set up your database, if you haven't contacted your sphere of influence, uh, that's what may be keeping you from continuing or not. okay? So it's just find a way to create contacts, okay? Alright guys, so we're going to start with a question part, okay? So, just to begin with, uh, we already know how long you guys became. Now, I do want to know why. What was your why of why you got into the business? What made you say, you know what, I know I've got a full-time job and, I, and as of right now, you guys are all full-timers, right? Okay. Let me know when you became a full-timer or if you started as a part timer within the first three months, six months, one year, when you became a full time. But let me know why you got into this. All right, Dude. So
1: I was an elementary school teacher for 16 years, and um, I knew I wanted some. I knew I wanted to make more money, basically. Um, and I had I had taught for so long, and I knew that in, like in that aspect. I wasn't gonna grow much more and my salary wasn't changing. Um, it was hard because I was at the same school for 22 years because I was also, I used to son and I was an aftercare leader at that same building so I had a lot of relationships with the teachers and parents with students. So that's what kind of kept me back for, for, for so long that I, I wasn't making any moves. Um, I always loved real estate, so that was always in the back of my mind. I, I felt like a little push that I had to, to try it, to, to, to at least make the intent to, to get out of the education world. So then I was, I've, been, I've known Yuri since high school and I would see his posts from the school and I contacted him one day and I told him, I want to take the class. Um, and I think the class started like that the following week. He sent me the information, I paid for the class, and I was there. Um, then, so, wait, what was the question? What? So my why was I, I wanted to grow. I felt like I had been, I was already, a, nothing was changing for me I in the classroom. So, and I, I tried buying a house at one point. I couldn't buy a house or a property for, so I just didn't see my life changing or, or growing or anything at that point, so.
0: And did you start full-time or part
1: So I started part-time. I finished that school year. I think it was, I it was like six, the last six months of the school year. I was doing both and it was overwhelming because both jobs required a lot of, of, of me. So I, said, okay, let me take a year leave. And I took the following school year off and then they gave you two years. And then the second year they called me and at that point I had to say whether or not I was ready to go back or just resign completely from, from, from teaching. It was very hard. <laughs> I went back to my, to my principal and I told her that, that I was ready to, to resign. Only because I just felt like I didn't want to go backwards and now, back in the classroom, and then putting the, the real estate part-time and not putting as much effort. And I was doing well, somewhat. I mean, at the beginning, that first year, was. Like, and Yuri helped me a lot. Like she said, because she, she partnered up my first sale and my first listing, I did it with Yuri. Because my whole background was teaching. I had never seen a contract. I had never even been able to buy, so I, I, I didn't even know you closed at a title company. I think like, I would I would call him and I would ask him all these questions um, because everything was new to me and I would, felt like I was learning so much and I liked where everything was going and, and how uh, I was I can focus on just one thing so at that point I figured it wasn't fair to to even the school because they were holding a, a position for me and there was somebody there that wanted a, a, a full time job and needed healthcare and everything.
0: That for me to say, okay, I'm gonna let go of this. And I did,
1: and um, <laughs> I'm happy where I'm at now. Well, I congratulate her, congratulate her guys, because she just bought her house. Yes, and yeah. I finally got a house. So, can you imagine I want to
0: hear guys 16 years in one position. She loved it. I mean, she has a passion for it. But three years in this business, and now she holds a house. You understand what that means is, yeah, okay, so she did it part time, but at a certain point she realized, look, I got to jump. She made the jump, okay? Uh, at a certain point, you have to make that decision for yourself because this business, you can skyrocket it to the top, but you have to put some time into it and you have to do what needs to be done. And now you see that and she's done it. I remember right
1: when I asked her for the leave, there was like two weeks left of school and I would wake up in the middle of the night sweating with anxiety, and I would tell myself, okay, when I get back to the school, I'll tell the principal to forget it, that that was something crazy that I told her to just rip <laughs> up the paper. And then as I would drive to work, I would talk myself into, it's tell you're going to try it out. Like, I had, I mean, it was a big deal because I left something that was so secure, so secure. I mean, a little, it was a little paycheck, but it was every two weeks, I had health care. At that point, it didn't matter, I mean, I had to do something like really crazy to, for them to fire me because, I was in the system, in, in, completely in, and I'm doing something that, when I would call people, they would tell me, oh, my cousin has a license, they have, like, so it was hard, (laughs) and it took a lot of (laughs) meditating and, 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 Amen.
2: So for me, um, I think when you do real estate, your why changes. Um, In the beginning, most people's why is like, I wanna be, have a flexible schedule, I want to I wanna do the stuff that they show on Million Dollar Listing, show all, sell all these mansions and do all that. So my why, since they didn't have those shows back then, was just to work less, <laughs> to be honest with you. But it, it turned out being more. you know, it, With this job, you could work zero hours a day or 24 hours a day. It just depends on how much you like it. I started full time and my why was to work less and now it's to hopefully help people. And, do something daily that I enjoy doing. It's, it's like Yuri said earlier, you can do a million different things and be successful in this business, but if you're not doing what you like every day, you might as well quit or do something else because that's, it's like dieting. You can not eat uh, carbs for a week or two, but if you see that pizza later on, you're probably going to eat it, you know. So you want to you wanna do something, whether you change your lifestyle or you just do something and know we all have startups. Every one of us has a startup company. And you have to look at long-term and short-term. And when I started, my why was so different than what it is now. But, you know, just do what you really like, even if it takes a long time. My why,
3: um, I was a chef estate show ever, still have it <laughs> to this day. Um, I wanted to have a family and more time home, so quit my job, um, had a really good job with um, Capitol Girl in New York City and DC because I was a traveling chef. Moved back here to Florida with my now ex-husband, trying to make family, went to his school in, I think it was 8th May or June. So I started out full time. I literally quit everything to have a life, so I bought, and got my license, went full-time, and then I got divorced (laughs) instead. So my why completely changed from family mindset and having more time at home to literally having to hustle and get it done because now I'm on my own and had to do it. So my why went from one end of the extreme to another. And a whole different culture of knowing absolutely nothing about this world, but because of Yuri and all his help in the beginning, and then the people I got in contact with made my life a lot easier. And like her, I just bought my first house with her father, who's my boyfriend now, in mm-hmm. December. <laughs> so after three years, I got to buy a house, versus working 20 years of 14-hour shifts with no life, I never had enough money to buy a house. And now I did
0: and um one big thing uh, uh, that I always say about uh Amanda, one time she called me, and like, I took him on to story because I always use it anyways, she <laughs> called me probably within four months, six months in the business, and she was kind of like, like stressed out, overwhelmed, and all this, and uh, you know, almost like to tears. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? In, you know what, don't worry, the business is gonna be there. And she's like, it's not that, it's just that I can't handle the business. That was literally her, her what she was telling me. She said that she had so much business that she couldn't handle it. So that's what was her requirement. So now she had to kind of tweak it as to okay, I need to manage this, manage that, and and learn in that end. But guys, what I want you to hear from that, I know I've had some conversations with some of you. If you figure out your why, her why, for example, was listen. I'm now divorced, now I'm on my own, my bank account is now going what? Down, down. So if I see my bank account going down, guess what I need to do? Wake up, get up, and do it. And then like Ahmed said, if you gotta work 24 hours, then you gotta work 24 hours. There is no nine to five in this business, but at a certain point, guess what? Those 24 hours will get you a brand new house within three years, when you haven't had it in so many other years. Do you understand that? So guys, dedicate what needs to be done for this business and you guys will see how incredible it is. All right, so let's go to the next one. Um, What would you say were your biggest fears? Uh, Because as new agents, everybody has a fear, right? Either, oh, I haven't called these people in 30 years. How am I going to call them? Oh, how can I tell them when there's 30 other thousand agents, 50,000 agents in Miami-Dade County? How can I tell them I'm another agent? Stuff like that. What was your biggest fear? Let's start with Amanda
3: um calling people (laughs) i still don't like it i really still don't do it too much because i'm fortunate enough to have the base i do have so my biggest fear was screwing up the contract missing a date having to cold call people for business that was just like it still stresses me out even talking to you guys i get (laughs) nervous and i just can't do it so that was my biggest fear and then how do i get the clients when i know nothing and How do I make them not know that I don't know anything? (laughs) So, good thing I have a good personality where I can, and I had a a lot of good coaching from the agent I work with, and then Yuri as well of how to fake it till you make it. And that's exactly what we did.
2: (laughs) So fear, um, this is sort of like to the side of fear. When you start real estate, if your friends aren't in real estate, They think you're off every day they'll call you to go to lunch they'll they'll call you to do everything and my biggest mistake which became a fear was that I'm not gonna structure my day well enough where I can work where cuz I I wanted to go to lunch you know I wanted to hang out with my friends and and um, just being distracted from what the main goal was and it's so easy to get distracted so that fear was always there and just to let you know, even after 15 years doing this, every few weeks I tell myself I suck. You know, it's it just, that's how it is. It, you know, there's always stuff that makes you feel fearful. So that's just part of the business.
0: So you learn how to time
2: it? Yeah, to structure my day, to realize that I, it, it, one of the hardest things, and it, it's, it's mind boggling, is that we can work for a company, nine to five, and work harder for them, than we can for ourselves, and that's ridiculous. So I had to make that switch in my mind, so yeah.
0: Yeah, it, yeah it's funny guys, I mean, it, there isn't, I don't know, I think I just posted it on Facebook on one of the forums that I'm, that I'm in. Somebody had said something like that, I said, how can you work, I, I know what it was, it was about cold calling and setting up time blocking. And they said, well, what time do you time block, or when do you make the calls Well, if you were to work for a company, I don't know, let's say Bell South, and your job is to get people, and they pay you $12 an hour, and they tell you your job is to make calls from 9 to 5. Would you not do it? Yes. So why wouldn't you do it for your own money, for your own company? Not from 9 to 5, but from 8 to 6, from 8 to 7, or do whatever needs to be done. It's weird, but you guys got to get over it just realize this is a business,
1: that's it, do you Well, I guess it's that my fear is stepping out, which is what I'm trying to work on now, outside of my sphere, and, and calling people. I mean, I think I've only done it a handful of times, um, cold calls, because the reaction is, is it's not pleasant from, from my experience so far. But actually the way you're, what you said makes so kind of much sense. Again, I mean,
3: they would hire me and pay me $12 an hour. I mean, it's what I have to do. Yeah, exactly. And yet I'm not doing it
1: for myself. But that is a fear because you just don't know what they're or what a lot of the times they, they just hang up or they insult you. <laughs> I mean I, I know you can hang up and see them two minutes later in the street and they don't know it's you. But it's always that that must be. And my other fear was. Just so unknown what I was walking into because it was a new world, like she said. It's just brand new contracts, dealing with people, showing houses, questions. Is, is this is a septic tank, is it a sewer? <laughs> so
0: now I've heard from all of you guys that your first deal kind of seems like it came from your sphere of influence, right? That's what I hear from all Now, tell me what was your first deal? Was it a buyer? Was it a listing? If it was, did you do it all on your own? I know Amanda, she already said she went with someone to do it. I know we kind of teamed up. I Amit, mean, you'll let us know. I want to know if, if you felt you were prepared, do you felt you were not prepared? Um, and how was that call? Like when you made that call, hey, listen, I just want to introduce myself, and you finally got them as a buyer, how, how did it happen? Okay, so.
1: My first deal was, uh a listing and there was one of my good friends she was selling her 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 parents house which she lived in um in hialeah and she knew that i had my license at that point i had it was about two months
0: okay but um, how did she know sorry to- well she she's one of my good friends so she but knows. did she know through facebook did you call no, her for or? conversations okay she's from conversations conversation. so just a conversation that's it
1: yes. and then she would always tell me when I, whatever i do you're gonna like everyone else did if I ever need something, I'll definitely come to you. Or to sell or buy, right here. And and she did. And actually, I'm so grateful for her because that sale. It was a house in Naiolia, and it was there was so much attention. I remember I was I posted the, the listing at, at, at right before the school day started. I had everything set, and I when I got to the school, I like I posted it, and my phone would just blow up. And I called Yuri, and I told him I don't I definitely can't teach them. It was <laughs> Everyone in Hialeah called, because it was, I don't know if it was the house, it was just that city, but it was crazy, like, it was so intense. And then they bought, they sold and they bought uh, a really pretty house in, in Miramar. So I'm coming out to the, into the real estate world selling a house in Hialeah and and a purchase of a pretty, so there was, I guess, also that, like, it wasn't something small, I don't know how to, like, the fact that both sales were were nice homes that I was posting. And then uh, right after that I guess people started feeling a little bit more confident and, and reach out and, and make the calls. Um, and I didn't do everything myself. <laughs> I was all every ten minutes I was calling Yuri nice,
0: Guys, um, but it was that was a three hundred and something thousand dollar listing and a four hundred thousand dollar purchase. or $300,000 no, something. The one posting. that they bought? Yeah. Was $555. Five something. So in her first, literally her first studio, she was almost at a And it was just, oh, hey, I'm in the business. That's it. That's it. That's all it takes, guys.
2: Okay? I'm so mine was a floor call. I was at work at Coldwell Banker. I got a call. It was, it, this was in 2004. So the market was quite a bit different than it is now. And it was a young couple. And one of the things I do on my Instagram, I, I write like stories, not stories, but I write different things that remind me of sales. So this sale was for 239,000. It was, um, it was on one twentieth and sunset. So it wasn't too far from here. And, um, it was, we offered the asking price. I knew nothing. I pretended I knew everything and which was wrong. And, um, you know, luckily we, we were able to close and it's funny because I posted an Instagram story about my first sale not that long ago and that same person, and this was bad because back then there wasn't really social. So to connect with people and keep in touch when they move or their email change, it was difficult. But because she saw my social, this same lady called me a few months ago needing help. So it was pretty cool. Yeah.
3: just advocate everything. He advertised me all over because he was in sales his whole entire life. So his uh, co-worker needed an office space down, downtown Miami, and he needed an apartment as well. So I started finding him an office place. It was a lease. Um, I get it, had no idea about HOAs, not a clue. All I know is the other agent on the other side said, "Okay, hey, as soon as we get the approval back, um, they can move in. So I go about my business, get all the paperwork, uh, I mean, I didn't know he had to apply. I'm assuming the listing agent, he says, when the approval comes back, we can have movement. move in. And I'm like, all right, that's great. So five days before, I keep asking, is approval back? Is approval back? He's like, he would always respond, um, let me know when it comes. And I'm like, why does he keep telling me let me know? I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and so five days before moving, I called this agent. I said, actually, I'm friends with him now. was Carlos. And I'm like, hey, when his approval come back, he goes, what do you mean? Did he not apply yet? I'm like, what do you mean, does he have to apply? And he's like, oh my God, do you understand? It takes like three weeks for approvals. I'm like, oh shit, I can't tell this guy that works for my father that I that he tried to put all the faith in the world into me to get this business, I mean, this office space. It's not like a little one. It's like $12,000 a month, and his apartment is $5,000 a month in the same building. I'm like, so we went to the HOA, Carlos had a good relationship with them and told them um, the wonderful situation. And they got it. We, always, we had to do move-in five days late. But my client never knew. I just sent him all the stuff. like, Hey, you need to fill this out. We need to get this in right away. Blah, blah, blah. I had no idea that HOAs existed. So that's where I screwed up. But we got it done. He still to this day has no idea. Probably now we
2: know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you learned as you went. Know,
3: yeah, every deal yeah. I did, I made a mistake and learned from. Never do that again. Yeah. Never do that again.
0: No, <laughs> no. I, I mentioned that right now is because I know a lot of you are like, oh, I need to do this training and go to that training, and I need to tra- train about this and go to that. Training. Guys, a lot of times that's a way to kind of hide away from what you gotta do so make it a business. And so you're hearing it from here. They really haven't all said, oh, I learned this and I took 10 hours of training and this and that. They literally just got a client and went ahead with it. Then they found somebody like, do you understand that? So those are the things that you gotta keep in mind. Just get out there let people know that you're in the business, get that contact, and then figure it out. Don't worry about it, it's gonna happen. in and I, we've been in the business 15 years, and I still say I'm learning, right? You're still learning,
2: right? Yeah. And we love
0: that, that's, that's what we love about the
2: business. I'm hoping to learn a lot today. There you
0: go, that's, that's exactly right. So, all right guys, so uh, to follow up on Say, as a new agent, hearing from other agents or listening to what other people did or, or that, trying something, what would you say was your biggest waste of time or even money at the very beginning? Okay, because I know that as a new agent, you go to events and you, you may hear a new vendor that says, Oh my god, you gotta do this, and then sometimes we fall for that and we think that it's you know that, that special bean out there that you planted, you're gonna grow money, right? So Tell us, what do you feel was your biggest waste of time or waste of money as a new as a new agent when you started? Let's start with Amanda.
3: Well, when I started, I had no money, so <laughs> I didn't spend any money. <laughs> so, um, waste of time. I don't know. I mean, I I got some of those lead systems where people call you when they find out you're an agent and trying to get paid whatever a month. All those were a waste of time. All those were a waste of money. I don't even use them anymore. There's one that my broker has, that's through our company that I'll use when I have, you know, I don't have a, two closings that month, I'll maybe take one. But other than that, I mean, a lot of those companies that send you to leaves, they were, they were really a waste of time, they were dead. And uh, going to those events, half the events I went to were just like, seriously, why am I here? <laughs> and, and that's about it. Perfect.
2: Thank you, Vaughn. Um, Biggest waste of money, every day you get pitched something, every single day and the biggest waste of time was, or money, was doing things with someone else's personality and trying to make it fit yours. Like for example, I would do, I would do expired calls. Expired calls are awesome if you do them the right way. Instead of calling someone and saying, I'm calling to see when you're going to hire the interview, the next agent to sell your home. To me, that was a waste of time. But if I call someone and say, hey, this is Amit, I know you're probably getting a lot of calls, people telling you they want to list their house and that um, your price price too high, I'm not making that, that's not why I'm calling. And then they're like, oh, why are you calling? I'm like, well, when I saw your property, there were two reasons why I thought it didn't sell. If you want, I can tell you what they are. And shut up. So the basic, the, the thing that... Um, was wasting time the most for me was doing things and get, looking for that secret sauce and trying to do things that were successful for other people that didn't have my personality and figuring out how it worked for me.
0: Now, you guys, as some of your brand, you, you guys are starting scripts and stuff like that. Understand what he just said, okay? He saw the script, but after trying it, trying it, he noticed, like, let me make it my own. He realized it. Now, again, you're listening to somebody that's been in the business 15 years. Now, sometimes you guys, as new, you have to go through that. You have to go through understanding, you know what, maybe this one's not working, maybe try something else. But if you look and search for all the scripts, most of the scripts say exactly what, what I'm trying to begin with, but then he made it his own. But get to make the calls. That's the reality, because he didn't say that was a waste of time to make the calls. He just said that way may have been a waste of time. You guys understand the
1: difference. Okay? Mm-hmm. I've signed up for a few of those um, lead. lead generation websites also and again I've, I've, I've not gotten anything from them and I did another one that they would um, it was something that you would add on to your for sale sign and then they would incorporate like a number that like people can text and they would then they would send it. like it didn't work either. And that was a, a sort of like a membership. So I had to wait for it to expire because I signed up. It sounded great, but at the end people don't
0: so they you just generated- call,
1: they, they look at the phone number. They they don't send a text to a tiny little extremely <laughs> long number too. <laughs> <laughs> and when they call it I'm like who's gonna text
0: That's exactly so. so you generated money from your own people, not from the people that you were paying for. No. You could you she could have probably spent that money better and Selling somebody, hey, meet me for coffee. Right. And bought them a coffee. You understand that? Five dollars a person, five dollars another person, five dollars. She could have spent a hundred dollars a month where she was probably spending three hundred a month with a lead-generating company. Guys, those are the things that you got to listen to. That's why I brought them. So you can really, really hear to reality. Okay, sometimes you'll go to panelist events, which I've been to many, I know they've been to a bunch, and it really becomes all about their resume and the resume this and that, and how much money they're spending now. That's not what really matters to new agents. What matters is how they made it at the very beginning and what they did, do you understand that? They're incredibly successful, but you all want to hear how they began. Do you understand that? So that's what we're trying to do with this. And again, I thank you guys for that. All right, so uh, do you do buyer consultations? If you work buyers, do you do buyer consultations or do you just go show a million problems? Ahmed, let's start with you.
2: Um, yeah, so I, I think the thing that's most important in life are expectations. Whether it's a family member, friend, whatever, if you give, if you set expectations, you're gonna do a lot better. So like when I do a buyer consultation, and when I meet them, I'm, I tell them this is gonna be a roller coaster ride. There're gonna be days that you don't want to do this. There're gonna be days you want to buy a house. There're gonna be days that you don't want to buy a house. There're gonna be days that you're mad at me and I did nothing, but it's okay. You know, it's an emotional process. I tell them there are gonna be days we, we, we schedule an appointment for an hour, two hours, you drive, you take your time off work, we go to the property and the key is missing. You know, setting the expectations up front helps a lot. And just as honest as I can be, in my 15 years, I've only had three deals that were smooth from beginning to end. So there's gonna be something difficult but if we have the expectations that it's going to be difficult and we let the person know, hey, there are going to be times that it's not going to be so smooth. And I'll, be, I'll tell a customer that they'll be like, oh, I feel so good that this happened, the appraisal or whatever. I'll be like, there are going to be a couple more speed bumps before we finish. Just those expectations. So yeah, buyer exp- thing is definitely important.
3: Um, now I try now, like I said, are not in Florida. So most of mine are on video chat. So they do see me, I do see them. Um, a lot of mine have not bought houses in 15, 20 years. So the experience is completely different. Like the clothes I have tomorrow, I haven't bought in forever. But I had to set the expectation for two months over video chat before they got here and know well, what their needs were. So when I met them here, I already knew where they needed to be. And then that all changed when they got here because where they thought they wanted to be was really not where they wanted be. So, I mean, everything changes, but I do try and meet them because it is a waste of time um, if you just go out and they're not pre-qualified, because I did that in the beginning. I went and met everybody. I didn't care. I just went. And a lot of them did not ever end up qualifying, so I wasted hours and hours and days of my time. But that time I lived in Miami, so it didn't matter. Um, now I do things completely differently. I'm not wasting my time. So, so I don't... I guess I really don't have anything 100%
1: established at all. I do it three different ways, if that makes any sense. Um, if it's a call from, from a, a friend that wants to buy, the first thing I tell them is that they need to get approved um, so that we don't waste any time. I mean, not like that, obviously, but a with a little more conversation. Um, and then if it's someone that I have never met, and they come to me already approved, I usually, I meet them at the first property, and there, I do offer my buyer's consultation at the, at the first house we see, or, or condo, whatever it is. Um, or, which is what happens most of the time with my deals, it's a seller that's also buying. So I already have the relationship with them through the sale, and um, then at that point we're already talking about the, the purchase and what's going to happen and they're getting approved. So I rarely get the like actually I have one that I'm working with now that I still don't even know how they got my phone number. I know I was from the for sale sign of one of my listings and I've spoken to, to her mom uh, I probably talked to her mom once or twice a year and she called me like a month ago, a month and a half ago, the, the daughter, that she was working with another realtor, but she, every time she would get to a house, they the realtor would discourage her from making an offer. And she's like, I'm, I'm done with her, and I'm like, well, first of all, I can leave you the one to somebody else without calling me, because I had I talked to her mom here and there, and the same thing with her. And she, she kind of like, whatever she's like, but she explained to me that she had met her at an open house. Um, anyway, she stopped working with them and now I have them under contract. Um, but with them, they, since they were already working with another realtor, I, and I never met her at that point. I I just wanted to be face-to-face with them and I figured they're already seeing houses. they're already kind of, and I didn't want her to call the other realtor anymore. So I did, we set up the first appointment and and we, and at that point I, I made sure that she had either told the other realtor that she wasn't working with them in, in some way or, or the yeah. other, or at that point, that's it, that they're which she explained to me that, yeah, you know, so the other realtor even, was even asking her for gas money.
0: Wow. What? It's I do, right. okay. so The stories that she told
1: me from, from the other side, I'm like, okay, but, um, so,
0: so, so you guys see, it, it is, it is this story. Now she does it, she does it at the first house that she goes and sees. But I'm sure they, you know, they got a lot of information that day, and then went to the second half. So, but they all do it. So it is necessary that you guys do it. All right. So now, going away from buyer consultations, listings. Do you guys do pre-listing packages, or do you do the listing at the listing consultation or listing presentation? you do the presentation there? Now I know if it's your friend, it might be more normal. Let's talk. Let's put aside the ones that are not friends. The ones that are just. People that you just met for the first time, do you send a pre-listing package, deliberate, or do you do it at that moment?
1: Yeah, no, I don't send the pre-listing. I I do have a folder, like kind of like it helps me keep the order of how it, the that the listing appointment's going to flow. Um, so I go through through that. I talk about the photography. Um, we talk about. The, I mean, I, I guess what what everybody knows, but I do. I do have a listing
0: appointment, I don't send out. And how long is your presentation, would you say? About 30 minutes. About 30 minutes,
2: yeah. okay. I mean, it all really depends. Sometimes it runs more. Yeah. So, um, I have all of my stuff on my website. So, um, I don't know if you guys know what retargeting is. It's like if you go on Amazon and you don't buy something and you'll see ads follow you or the shoes or the whatever, the jeans. So, I do that on my website. So, like if, so say Yuri calls me and he says... I'm gonna, I'm gonna interview two other agents besides you. I'm gonna meet you next week. I tell them this, I say, I say great. Um, is it okay if we make our, our, our appointment short? And they're gonna be like, yeah, of course. They don't wanna spend the whole time with me. And I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna send you a couple links and I need for you to promise me that you're gonna click on these links. And so I send them a link of like what I do to sell homes and then some testimonials. I just want them to click on the link. Once they click on the link, and I tell them, if you don't do this, I'll know when we meet, and we're gonna, it's gonna take an hour instead of five minutes or 10 minutes. And then they're gonna click. And then when you send the email, you can see that they clicked. And so during that time, before I meet them for that whole week, they're seeing my ads. They're not seeing my competitor's ads. So I have a much better chance of selling them and getting the listing.
0: And you know the funny thing is that, I called on it. this was what, four <laughs> years ago or something like that? when he first began retargeting, because all of a sudden I call him and I'm like, bro, I can't stop seeing you, why are you on my phone? Get out of my <laughs> phone and all this. And then he starts cracking up and it was the retargeting. So I heard about it through one. I really had not heard about it. Because after a while I stopped going through like panel events and stuff like that, vendor events and stuff like that. But I noticed exactly, and you guys it now because all of you say, I think Alexa's listening to me, I think Alexa's listening to me. That is retargeting guys. So what he's doing is, and it's working perfectly. Instead of saying, "Hey, listen, I'll do the presentation there," uh, just click on this. The moment you clicks on it, now start seeing your Now I can tell you, this is not cheap, guys. All right,
2: It's not that much. I mean, it. You can spend a hundred bucks or five hundred bucks. It just depends on what you want. But the main thing, Yuri, is those ads have to be consumer focused. It can't be like hey, my name is John Smith. I have a great website and go to it. This is what... So I do ads that are consumer-focused, like top restaurants to eat, um, top Thai restaurants in Miami, how burglars broke into homes, maybe a testimonial from a seller or buyer from me. So it has to be a mix of different things. It's not expensive, but you have to do it the right way because you can... There's something called ad fatigue. So if you do it the wrong way and say how great you are, just like before I explained my Closer shirt, if you just saw me with the shirt Closer, you're gonna have an opinion of me, that's probably not good, but if I explain it, it'll probably be better. So if you do it the wrong way, th- with that ad fatigue, you're gonna, bl- everyone's gonna know who you are, but they're not gonna to wanna to do business with you.
0: And, and for you guys to know one other thing, Closer, that comes from Cure, right? Yeah. That's, so uh, you guys know, I, uh, some of you have Chris Smith is the owner of Curie. So he has partnered up with Curator as a company that helps him uh, through the marketing and helps him grow grow his business. And, um, but that is one of the books that's up there, guys. I've known Chris for a long time. We've known Chris for a long time. He's a great guy. All
3: right. I don't have a website, which I do need to get eventually. Um, but I do basically what she does. I get a package together um, for their specific property. of the time, I never even get to give it to them because they usually call me like, hey, I want to go see this house. And normally I don't want to show them a house because they're selling it because they want to buy. But I always take them out anyway, just so I can meet them in person. And then they're like, hey, why don't you just come to my house so you can look at it so we can list it? I'm like, all right, I don't even have anything with me. (laughs) So that's how most of mine end up. But I do have something prepared for them um, before I go. I don't deliver it or mail it beforehand. All right,
0: now um, how much now Everybody has a different um, price point, okay? So Amit's price point may change a little bit to everybody else's, okay? But how much would you say you spend money-wise on a listing, okay? okay. From the moment you list that property, how much would you say you spend in marketing that way?
2: So um, I think the, one of the biggest mistakes agents do is they look at the return on investment on each listing. Rather than it's your business, so there's some deals that I lose money on. I mean, it depends. Like this year, I had a a celebrity. He had a rental property. It was in Miami Beach. It wasn't. It was a short-term rental I was doing, and it was like it was like three grand a month, and it was like a six-term contract. So as an agent, we're making like next to nothing on that, you know. But I spent like two grand on that because I knew that the return on investment on my relationship with that person would overcome that. So typically on every listing I have, um, so just to give you a a background of what I sell, 80% is luxury and 20% is just regular stuff. My average price is probably like a million and change. And with, with a regular property, whatever it is, even if it's a $300,000 property, I'm going to do a drone video, I'm going to do a 3D tour, I'm going to do professional photography, I'm going I'm to spend at least fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars on that property because at the end of the day it's like seeing Cartier right or, or Tiffany or, or a very very high-end brand if we see them do crap like a piece that they have whether it's a handbag or whatever and it looks like garbage it tarnishes the whole brand we're branding ourselves so on, don't be cheap on stuff. Don't use your iPhone. Pay the money to do it because you could. You know, it's like a reputation. Once you can build it up, but it only takes one thing to drop it. So spend the money. Perfect.
0: Great explanation. My price point, I guess, is between three hundred and fifty to four
1: hundred, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Um, I don't spend that much <laughs> I money, mean, I, but I do have a professional photographer that does the drone. Does interior, exterior, um, and then depending on the listing, I do I do the, the walking tours.
3: Uh, but I usually spend between two fifty to five hundred dollars um, on my list. Sure. I'm around where she's at. I think the max I've spent was probably a thousand because I had to hire a property. But most of my properties are smaller, but it doesn't matter. It, even if it's a rental, I had a rental for nine hundred dollars. I still had professional photos done. Mm-hmm. It rented in obviously that day, but I still did it. Um, so I lost money on that just to put more money than I made because I split that with another agent too on a $900 rental. But I'll do the same no matter what. If it's a million dollar house or $900 a month.
0: Perfect, and that and that goes into what Ahmed said, guys. If you are putting out there that you're gonna be a professional and your business is gonna run this way professionally, then why all of a sudden you're gonna go do a mobile video, Why all of a sudden you're gonna do a go phone, a pictures for a property. It doesn't matter if it's a rental. You should spend the money for a professional. Why? Because from that rental, Amin now, that was a celebrity, that celebrity came out to so this other celebrity, that other celebrity, he's gonna make up that $300, $500, $1,000 spending that he made on multiple referrals, okay? That's the mentality that you guys gotta have. So don't ever, ever think that I need to go cheap to do this, okay? Um, just be a different professional, be the better professional. Okay? Um, now based on that, um, what would you say, like we normally go on listing presentations and there's normally another agent or they're meeting two other agents, three other agents, without giving a secret away. I mean back in the days, uh, I mean I know that it used to be thought, oh my god, I'm not giving my secret away. But with social media nowadays, you kind of find everybody's secret, right? So. Don't reveal whatever you want to reveal, but tell me what would you say separates you from the other agents? And I'll tell you why I'm asking. So one time I went to a panelist event, and in the panelist event, there was three teams. Uh, Because now all of a sudden everybody has a team, right? Uh, And one person asked, that person was I, and I said, okay, so the same question. If there's three other people on there, how do I beat you? from one of them. You understand? That was just a normal question, just tell me the truth. The answer from those people was, you can't. That's not true, guys, because I have beaten teams. You understand that? You just have to have that possibility and you've got to be better than them or set yourself apart somewhere or not, okay? Because if not, there wouldn't be 50,000 agents in every other house having a different agent. You understand? it would just be one agent. Okay? So please tell us, how would you say you separate yourself from the other people that are meeting that day, okay? Go ahead, Uh, let's start with math.
3: Well, I don't do a lot of listings, if you haven't noticed, I'm more of a buyer's agent than a listing agent, so Mm -hmm. I don't have a speech when I go in. I just get more personal with them and see what their why is, why are they selling, what is going on, so I don't have that uncomfortable speech already prepped and set out. I just kind of go with it and get a feel for them personally and I'm more personal because I'm uncomfortable with speech. I can't even use a speech when my cold call. So it makes it, that's how I've gotten every listening is I'm different, I don't have that piece.
0: Now, you know what, that's great. I'll tell you why, because that is so true. I have gone in with other agents, listened to our agents, gone to different presentations. And you have the agent that is more on the data, and the numbers and this and that, and let me show you. Or you have that person that's just like, you know, I understand why you need to sell. I know, so I'm, I'm with you, I, I've been there. Uh, so, and that person tends to make a better connection than the one that's just Do uh, 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 you understand that? So, and she's completely
2: right. That's why they work for her. okay? Um. So, um, two things. The first thing is, is what you said. And when I meet someone, if I'm going on a listing appointment, the first thing I tell them is, you know, I know your neighborhood well and I sell a lot of homes here and I have quite a few buyers. But even though that's the case, I've driven by your house three times before we met. I drove by in the morning one day, I drove by in the afternoon, and I drove by in the evening another day. And I realized what I knew already, you have a beautiful house. Why do you want to move? And I shut up and I see what they say. And then based on what they say, I could go in the direction that I want. Um, As far as my secrets for what I do, I, I do a podcast also. So it's in there, it's ametspodcast.com, and I have five reasons why, so.
0: Perfect. And you do, of course, a lot of video. I do the a lot videos of- videos are big, and you do great videos. He does movies for his homes, of course, right. the more luxurious homes. Right. He does movies, not just, oh, let me go through this room in that room. No, he does a real movie, directed type of movie. Right, right. right? so that's yeah. a big separation yeah. for everybody yeah. else. Yeah.
1: So since most of my listings come from my sphere. Most of the calls that I get is, oh my friend's gonna call you to Mr. House. So I don't think they interview other realtors. I did go to one appointment where at the end I thought I had the listing and then they're like, okay, we're gonna interview a couple more, a couple more realtors. So they did end up calling me back and if they did interview other realtors, I think what the reason they run with me I don't know, or I just sat there and I was honest. I showed them um, not only did I say I do professional pictures, I showed them a few of my listings and the pictures, and I always tell them that they that they have the freedom to call any of my past clients too. Like I kind of say that yeah. you know for mm-hmm. a referral. Um I, they never have. But um, that's again, since most of them are from my school. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've had that situation, except that I'm the only one that remember.
0: Yeah. that I thought it was done, and then at the end, I'm like, okay, we'll let you know because we have a no word of doing more. So oh. it's that whole up. Okay. Perfect, so uh, I'll give him a break after this next call. All right, um, after this next question, right. sorry. <laughs> See, you right. uh, so here we go. When you first started, did you need a new car? Did you need a luxury car? Did you have to get
2: a new car in order to get to where you're now? Yes or no, Ahmed? Did I need to? I mean... You say
0: it's necessary, as you is
2: necessary. Is it know. necessary? No, but if, you, if it's a luxury listing, if your car isn't like nice or decent, get, get an Uber there. You know, just tell them, <laughs> t- just tell them hey, I, 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 my car is or whatever. Make an excuse. You don't, you, don't, you don't need a new car.
3: pick up truck, a Nissan Titan, you know, go big or go home. So <laughs> I didn't get a new one. When that got told it was the only reason I got another one. But I didn't get a truck this time, so yes. But my clients actually said they felt more comfortable with me because I seem more real. Because <laughs> 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 I didn't have a fancy car. there you go, No,
0: I mean,
1: I always leased, and my whole thing was just the miles. But I don't think a car, I mean, they may look outside, your car you're driving but um i mean i guess it's not it wasn't a hideous
0: car either but that's a funny question why i ask because i, I have a school right so i always ask why you guys got into in the business and i always get some students to say hey listen do i really need a car because my friend handle right now agents that are not answering the phone to you guys you know that's one main complaint right Agents don't answer the phone, agents don't answer the phone. What do you do with those showings? What do you do with those clients? Okay, so go ahead.
3: Like ones that you're working under contract with that don't answer the phone? No, like let's say,
0: because you always answer the phone, don't you? Yeah, I answer the time. Okay, so what about when you're calling an agent that doesn't answer in the phone? Do you just go to the next one? Do you contact the broker, what do you do?
3: If it's for showings, I try, I, Text them, email them, call them, and just until I get a response. Normally, eventually, they respond. If not, and as a co-listing agent, I always call them. If they don't answer, I do call the brokerage. Okay, good. So you do a follow-up
0: with
2: uh-huh. um, So what I do, I think the main thing is expectations again. So I'm going to tell during the buyer consultation that there are going to be some agents that I call. I, I tell them one of the hardest things about my job is counting on someone else and calling, um, there are gonna be times where you see a property, you're, you're in love with it, and you can't, you can't even go to sleep because you're thinking about it, and then you ask me like, hey, I wanna see it tomorrow, and I keep calling, and I call, I text, I do a voicemail, call the broker, I do everything, and we can't see it. So setting up those expectations is, is important.
0: Now, the reason I ask that is more for the follow-up. Don't you realize then that once an agent does answer the phone, answer the text and all that, you're dealing with a more professional agent, Yes. right? Yeah. I mean, and that's what sets you apart yeah. from everyone else, yeah. right, so that's very important, okay? So I, I wanted to make sure to get that out there. Now, um, let's say right now, with all the knowledge you guys have now, and you went back in time to when you were a brand new agent, and you have $2,000, that's the most you have. What would you say you would put that $2,000 towards having the knowledge you now have?
3: Skip me, because I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're, you're not sure. All right, so let's go on.
2: So I would, I would team up with the videographer. I'd say, hey, I got two grand. I, I want to give you another 20 or 50 in the future. But I'm new. And we need to do we need to create some awesome content where we're going to make more money so i can continue to give you money it's like with with derek derek and john are videographers and we've we've started filming from february to the end of the year and our goal is to do it every year but so having someone who has the same goal as you to create content that's consumer focused i want not you have to look at your business as long-term and not short-term because anyone could pay for Zillow leads. And so I'm sorry, I want to go back to one of your questions. You said the biggest waste of money. I used to spend 6000 a month on Zillow and um, I broke even barely and it was subsidized by something else. So I didn't really have to spend it, but that was a huge waste of money for me. I know for some people it works really well, but... Um, Yeah, so if I was gonna spend the money, I I was actually asked that question before in a podcast. I wouldn't even spend the 2,000. I would find someone, an agent that I thought was collaborative. I'm not talking about me, but just someone that's collaborative that you see what's doing, what you wanna do. And that agent has probably been asked a million times for help. And I would just go up to that person and tell them that, um, you know, I've been watching you, um, everything you've done professionally, and I've been very impressed with what you do. And my wife and I would like to take you out to dinner and show you some appreciation and take them to a very nice place. Spend 500 bucks out of that 2,000 and spend it where that person really feels like you connected with them and just show appreciation. Because if you do that, you're gonna get it back a million times over. Guys,
0: that's how Amit gets his dinners,
2: just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> do you
1: of meaning to, to, to doing do that again um, but i did one flyer that, that was generic and then i would put it together with something from that neighborhood to i didn't want to walk into the, or, or stand in front of them at the door with obviously just the generic flyer by myself but i wanted something that at least brought some value to them and whatever like the comps were for the neighborhood the last sales um, maybe something like that
0: it right, like won't cost you $2,000 at, at the very beginning, I remember Dunya would send me a picture and she, it was like July 4th or something like yes. that, and she put little flags in a bag, with the market updates, and added some candy, and added this, added some stuff, and that's what she went, okay? So you've got to be creative, you've got to be different than everybody else, okay? So there's a lot of things that you can put your money towards, okay? But you have to do it, because at the end of the day, money does make money right? Now, do you spend it correctly or do you spend it not? That's (laughs) the whole mentality. So, you kind of already hit up on this. Um, You know, all of you kind of hit up. Do you buy your leads? Do you receive your leads from stuff like that? So, I don't want to go back to that, but right now, do you guys still receive coaching in some way or another? Do you guys still have a mentor somewhere or another? Um, or are you
2: now just on your own 100% uh, comment? So yeah, I mean, I, I get, as Yuri said, this company um, that, that did the shirt does marketing coaching for me. I, I pay a lot of money, um, you know, for coaching. I spend more money on coaching every year than some agents make in a year because even after 15 years, I need to get better each day. And I think what's important um, in real estate, because a lot of times we feel lonely because our, our jobs are tough and we have ups and downs and roller coaster rides and stuff. It's very, very important to to have people that we can um, just have as cheerleaders, people that we want to cheer on. So I'm in a few different groups um, that I, I. These are friends from all over the country that I speak to daily. And these are the people that I want to be, you know, or people that want to be me or whatever. There are not that many of those. But um, yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah it's, it's having that camaraderie with people and, and having those people because we're all going to have a terrible day. We're all going to have days where we, we suck and we, we want to do something else and, you know, there's no money. But look at your job as long term and have those people and try and get the coaching in my opinion.
3: Focused and get the coaching that I don't have face-to-face anymore there.
1: Uh, for me, I, I, I don't have a coach, but I, it's not something that I'm, that I'm against. I'm actually, I think they, like you said, it, you need them because they, they, they push you and, and um, they help you go to the next level. And um, so, no, I don't have a coach right now, but it's something that I would consider.
0: No, um, would you say, in this business, a lot of us get into the business because you say, oh, I wanna be my own boss. I wanna wake up when I want to, I wanna do this, I wanna do it. But one of the reasons you hire a coach is really, so they stay on top of you. So they tell you, hey, listen, yes, what time did you get up? Did you get up at four, did you get up at five? or, or, or that? Does that bother you or is that the push that you guys need? Do you need that one person that tells you, hey, did you go door knock? Hey, did you go do this? Hey, have you made a call? Have you posted? Have you that does it bother you or do you feel it's necessary at a point in this career
2: so my coaching is different it's like marketing coaching and so it's it's stuff i'm excited my favorite show is watching my coaching session in the week and so I, i think if you look at your business as a startup business as it's your business and it's long term and it's not what you're making on particular deals it excites you I mean, this may sound crazy but I'll wake up many times in a month 3 4 in the morning and I grab my phone and my wife will look at me because she doesn't do real estate like what's up with this guy and I'm writing down ideas and I can't wait till the morning to start working which sounds crazy but if you look at it as doing something if you figure out what you really like to do and how to get business and you do that. You don't need anyone to be on top of you. I was on a cruise with my wife for ten days, and I couldn't wait to get. I, I love her, and I spent. You know, we we, we we have we have a great time together. But I couldn't wait till I got back so I could work. And I was on a cruise. I was doing something people save their whole lives to do. You know. So if you feel it, you don't need it. But some people do.
0: And uh, some of you have in my class, and you guys- I don't sleep, and it's the same mentality. I go to sleep at one, at four, I wake up today, I woke up at 4.30, already thinking about this, and doing this, and doing that. And once you get this passion in this business, once you realize, wow, it's my business, I'm doing this, I will make it successful, you guys are gonna start not sleeping anymore. And goodbye to sleep, because it will become that passion. And you guys will come up with so many things. Should I try this? Should I try that? Should Should I look this up and stuff like that? You gotta to get to that point, and you have gotta kind of self-motivate. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Well, the idea of having someone push you—it's not—it's not a bad thing either, because they're they're motivating you to do. I'm sure they don't do it like in a way that they bring you down if they, they push you, but at the same time help you go forward because there's always that in the back of your brain. You always have that. Oh, you had a great month last month, but maybe this month is not going to be the same. Oh, six months down the line, you may have no business. So you, having someone, a coach, that's gonna push you to do more in a positive way, I, I see that as a good thing.
3: Yeah. Um, mine, I never had anybody really pushing me. I did I, Those coaching groups with my office it was more accountability and setting your goal for the week to keep you motivated because it was real easy in the beginning to not be motivated and go do other things. And then this business became addictive like, it's literally addictive, where last weekend we were supposed to go to a farm and play with animals. Instead, I had business come up, and so I changed plans for my weekend and decided to go to work, because it is very addictive, and I love it, and that's just... sense. at the same time, you've got to dedicate time for yourself, yeah, you
0: right? Do, this was and I, I, I had that conversation have. with a man that we Yeah, I mean, she... she you know, everybody has different characters, right? Everybody's different, so, but I have kind of, we've had that conversation where I said, you've gotta dedicate time for yourself. Because that is what's gonna make you feel great when you kill yourself at a certain type of career, right? Like I said, I love it, but I still need those 10 days. But then within those 10 (laughs) days, you wanna get back to it. That's that's really the passion of the business, okay? So it's great. All right, guys, so um, let's take about 15 minutes or so, or you know you guys have any additional questions? Whatever time uh, you guys want to ask questions, so go ahead. Who's first? Eric. Is there ever a time
3: where uh-
1: to me now like I'm starting to feel like my, my circle isn't sending me as, as much as they were before so that's why I'm leaning now like I was mentioning to maybe going back out there going on maybe making calls <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I decide to but um, yeah right now I'm brainstorming I'm doing a lot of brainstorming and trying to figure out what the next step is and Back when, like last year that I got a lot of referrals, I was always worried about, okay, what what happens when this slows down? I always, so I didn't focus on, I I focused on one thing and not, I didn't prepare for for the next, which now I'm starting to feel it. I'm like, okay, now that it's happening, I need to get on my feet and and, and run.
0: Yeah, and that is a mistake that all agents make, especially if starting, right? You have that one buyer, And you're like, oh my God, I need to dedicate all the time to this one buyer. Don't stop showing up to classes, stop showing up to this. Don't call new people, don't go door knock anymore because you want this buyer. But once that $5,000 comes in, now what? Right? Because our deals take 30 days, 45 days, whatever it is. So if you don't have anything else set up, that's it. So it can never stop. You have to continue. Because then at a certain point, you're going to be like, oh, wait, it's drying up. And now you've got to change the mentality again.
2: So for me, um, and you know, with, as, as you've seen, business works differently for all of us. And for me, I always have the mentality that I, I'm not getting business in the future. You always have to have that mentality, whether you're doing well or you're not. And I, I tell people, the two on my team and myself, when, when it's I, every t- a few times a week, we need to create content or even daily pretend you're a consumer and you're, you're trying to, you're doing whatever you're doing online or whatever. And say you're from out of town or you're in town. What would be places that people love in Miami, Miami beach? I I was telling the guy on my team, Will the other day, he's like, what content should I, should I do? You know? And I told him, pretend you have a great friend that doesn't live here. He's going to come here for two weeks and he's like, I just wanna kill it in Miami, Miami Beach. I wanna go everywhere. I said, do content on what you would do for that dream two weeks. And by doing this content and putting it out there, not, don't do it all and then just put it out there, break it up into small pieces and do it consistently. People are gonna know what you do. They're gonna, you're gonna be the fun person that they wanna hang out. Our goal as a team is to be three people that that look like they'd be fun to hang out and also maybe buy a $15 million home from, you know? So have that type of mentality and don't worry about running dry and stuff. It's always gonna be the case. Never, never feel bad about that. Just think what you can do to go forward and create the content because the thing in real estate, a lot of times we can do nothing or we can do something. When we do nothing, we feel like crap. But even if we don't have business and we're creating content, we feel good. We feel, we feel like we're working and a lot of times good things happen after that.
3: Find my way around the neighborhood and know exactly what I was talking about when I moved to that location. And I ended up getting
0: about three different buyers out of that. All right. Perfect. So, yeah, preparation, right? She's prepared in advance. Um, this question is more for Amit only. Uh, just because Amit's the one that's doing a lot more video content and stuff like that. So, have you run into any troubles? Because I have seen your videos. You go to Midtown, you go to uh, South Beach, you go to... Have you run into any troubles from the cities? Like, do they ever see you filming and they're like, hey listen, where's
2: your license and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm Derek got kicked out of Merrick Park, so um, we, we ask for forgiveness, you know? And um, a lot of times they don't, if you do it quickly, if you have a game plan, it'll be okay. And if you, if you really want to film something and use your phone, you know, use something. It's, a lot of people make the mistake of wanting to do it perfect, I guarantee you, if you haven't done it, it's gonna suck in the beginning. It's gonna be terrible. And for me, for sure, and I'm, I still am not good, but the more you do it, you, people will see your journey. And it's nice when they say, hey, look at this first video you did, it sucked. And then you laugh and then you, you, know, you improve. So more than having the good quality, just do it consistently. Pretend you're a consumer. What would you wanna watch? not that no one wants to see why ahmed is a great agent who cares it would be like hey ahmed's at the aston martin residences and he's in front of a two and a half million dollar car that's sort of cool you know and so always do it forget about like how good it is and just do it
0: yeah i remember my first video ever and it was it was so much uh echo so much wind and so much everything that People were like, man, that video sucked. But they still listened to the video. It was about inspections or something like that. I forgot what it was. So it still provided information, right? And then it got better and better and better. And like he's saying, like he has Derek, so Derek normally follows him with like the whole gear and all that, but can you go with a selfie stick? Can you go with you know one of those handheld uh, uh bowls and, and then do it? Maybe you might not get caught on that because they think, oh, you're just a family or whatever. And okay, so don't ever. Is there more money?
2: can i add one thing to that um it's just like you were saying we're you did well because someone could relate to you because your truck or whatever we're never going to be all things to everyone you're always going to relate to a different person depending on what you do when I, do, when I use my iPhone instead of Derek being there, I'm relating to someone else. So never worry about that and I think that was great what you said about the truck and stuff and just relating to that because that's, that's really important. yeah so there are different ways to do it right one is having content that people like that you think if you see my instagram um i feel like i'm promoting myself but i'm going to it's (laughs) hashtag the indian realtor and when you see if you see my my things that i do on instagram it's different than what most people do i write a story i spend an hour two hours thinking of a post that i'm gonna write you know i spend the time but, so you, you reach out to influencers as well. Um, and like, so one of the things that I did that helped a lot is I wrote, I was like, let me write some blogs on top five or top seven. So one of them I did was top five foodies in Miami, stuff that people would be interested in and in reading. After I, 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 and I took time to figure out the top five foodies. After I did that, I wrote the article And then I DM'd these people. And I made sure that they had good followings, right? And then, so I DM'd this guy, um, his name, he has over 400,000 followers. So I looked for people like that. And then I, I, I DM'd him and I said, hey, I spent the last two weeks finding out the best foodies in Miami and you were one of them. And I just wanted to congratulate you. And if you're interested, here's a link to the article. And I just left it like that. And then the guy, all of a sudden, he's, he's talking to me back and forth. Then he's doing an Instagram story on me. So it's, it's basically the Kardashian method. Just um, they're promoting a lot of other people. So you have to align with other people. And sometimes, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I pay people money to do contests where they follow me. You know, and that's, that's just how it is. That's part of business. So aligning with the right people to grow your business and... The, the only thing I can tell you, though, is when you do it that way, and this is, I've, I've learned from this, when people, when you pay influencers to have contests to promote your, your Instagram, you're going to lose followers a lot. So I may have 64,000 today, but maybe next week I have 60, or maybe I have 70. It, it just varies. Just as long as you know that, it's, right, exactly. And, and to
0: follow up on that question, what would you guys say, all three of you, is your top two social media that you guys utilize in your business?
1: You?
0: Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. That's right. it. Now, do you do, do, you do stories I as well do or the just do feeds? And I don't,
1: actually, I don't even open them. I don't know why. I guess that maybe I should start getting into that, but I
2: don't. I, I see that people do it and I just scroll. them. Okay. Amen. So, um, I, I think like with social, so for now, probably um, Instagram and Facebook. But with that said, You have to be very careful about these social platforms because there was, it wasn't too long ago where one day Instagram and Facebook was closed. You can, you couldn't get on. They had some issues. So don't put all your eggs in one or two baskets. The biggest thing that I'm concentrating on now is, is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is so, so the way these, I'm not going to make it too long, but the way the social platforms work, because I've spent like over 30,000 learning this. And one of the things, these platforms, they, they're basically, there's something called an organic reach when you, when you post and the people that you know will get it. And then there's paid reach, you know, obviously when you pay. So with these platforms, for them to get big, Facebook did it first, Instagram, they first, whatever you post, their organic reach is really high in the beginning. Then, once the platform gets a little bit bigger, then they start lowering that organic reach. And then it's called pay to play. You pay pay, and then your reach will go further. So Facebook was really good at that. Then they stopped, then it's Instagram. Instagram is pretty good, but it's getting more expensive. Your organic reach is getting smaller and smaller. LinkedIn right now, because in the past, LinkedIn you couldn't really post or like or love comments. And so within the last year I've grown my Instagram from barely nothing to over 12,000 and within, and it's easy. I'm not saying that to brag or anything. Any of you can do that, but when you post organic, when you post something on LinkedIn organically, the reach is much higher because LinkedIn wants to compete with these other platforms and the content that you provide, you know, has to be a little bit different. You can figure it out based on looking at LinkedIn and people that you like or want to be, but that is the, a huge, huge opportunity, LinkedIn, because don't get, pretend, always pretend like if this, if my best platform is closed today, then what, am I out of business, or do I have something else to, to follow up on?
3: Mine was Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't really use Instagram that much, which I'm going to start. I don't use a lot of, either one of those prefer my business um, after listening to him. I need to <laughs> Okay.
1: Personal Facebook page okay. and uh, uh, business, but my personal, I put all my business. I put obviously business is all business, but in my personal, I put my nieces, like whatever I'm doing or whatever. It is. But and that's, I think I get business out of my personal, <laughs> not the business, because the bit like you're saying at the beginning out, and I would pay for for the reaches, and I would notice the same thing. It was the numbers were great, but then it, they, they started coming down, and then they were. They were asking for more money. And then the outside reaches weren't even that high. Mm-hmm. So I do I do post a closing, whatever in my business, but both my Instagram and my and my personal Facebook are, are have both. It's a combination. And then my Instagram is you can automatically switch it from business to first pers- from personal to business. It's the same thing, but instead of requesting, they just follow. So you'll say, you know, messages, so and so is following you. Up, is
2: so they automatically see, so everything is open pretty much when you switch um, so for me I, I, it's like all the same cuz and i know answering this question is different as a male than a female cuz we there are a lot of crazy guys out there few crazy women but a lot less <laughs> so like as a guy i um, I I try and put it together like my Instagram, just like you were mentioning, it's a business page. So I, I, want to put at least once every three or four or five posts, something personal about me, if not more. And with my Facebook, the only reason I have a Facebook business, if I could do, if I could do ads on my personal page, I wouldn't have a Facebook business, but I, I, Every week, two or three times, I'm doing ads on Facebook, my Facebook business, to get business. But I do put personal stuff and I crisscross them back and forth. So for me, again, being a guy, I want everyone to know everything about me. And one of the things, my intern is my niece there. So I do have that filter. So I'm always going to have, I'm gonna be thoughtful on what I post. And and that was in the past. Now, of course, I'm gonna, because I think I've grown a little bit. I'm not gonna post anything stupid, but that was my filter in the past. Hey, my nieces are on my social and I better be good about it, you know?
3: Other business or personal, and I don't post a whole lot of stuff. Usually it's my dogs <laughs> or if I get a listing, and that's about the extent
0: of it. And, and you guys know that I have the same thing, same mentality. I use my personal, I do have a business. I think we all have created profiles all over the place, <laughs> but it really becomes about looking approachable to people, looking amicable to people, and seeing that we also go to the movie theaters, we also go to the things because Ahmed has also been, like, like myself at one time, in car sales, and back in the day, they thought that you were like the worst person in the world. So you gotta make people believe that you are like that, that you do go to law, that you do go to restaurants, that you do have a family, you understand? So that's the mentality as to why you're gonna do that. And trust me, Ahmed just said it himself, the only reason most agents have a business is because they're gonna pay for for reaches, or for leads, or for whatever it is. So, If if you're gonna pay for it, yeah, go ahead. If not, then not. Now, following up on that question, um, do you all have at least a YouTube page? I know Ahmed for sure has. Do you guys do you guys do videos? Not yet? I created it with you. Right.
1: But it was only that one video. So you haven't done it? With all the videos
0: that you do in the homes, you still haven't got to start out in the Amanda? No, you gotta do it. See, I go to that because I know you mean, I mean, ask myself, I'm a gorgeous guy and I know that. <laughs> I still put videos out there, you know, I haven't done a few, but I still put myself out there. But can you imagine as ladies, I mean, you, you guys have to put yourself out there because of the smile, you know what I mean? If you do that, people will see you approachable, and like Ahmed said, yeah, of course some crazy guys are out there. But that's mm-hmm. why you set up bio consultations. Right? If you tell a crazy guy, hey, listen, hey, a- 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 Carmen, I'm calling you because I saw your video and I want to buy a house. Well, yeah, okay, great. I go buy your consultations, come and me. If he's a crazy guy, you think he's going to come to the office. You see what I'm saying? So you kind of get rid of those crazy cycles, okay? Carmen? So a lot of new agents don't really know how to spend their time throughout the day. I mean,
1: we talk a lot about a nine to five but when you work for a big corporation like I did for 15 years, they sort of tell you what you need to do throughout the day. So if you could put into a few words what you've learned over 15 years, three years, where you feel like a brand new agent should spend their time from 9 to 5, let's say, how would you block out the day for them?
2: Um, OK. So I guess I'll start. So I'll tell you. This is the easiest way I can do it. So I was, for 11 years, I sold regular real estate, three, $400,000 homes. Every once in a while I sold a million plus and I felt like I was the king, you know? But I, I, from those 11 years, one day I said, I want to sell luxury. So I was basically a new agent in luxury. So I was like, how can I do this? How can I spend my day? So the first thing is, and as a new agent, this would probably, be the same thing. Most people don't know that we sell those type of properties or that we sell a property at all, you know. So my goal was every week. So on Tuesdays, they have brokers opens in Miami Beach and Wednesdays they have them in down south. So my goal was to go every week to these brokers opens and whatever priced house it is. And then I would go live, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. But prior to that, I would say, hey, I'm going to check out a $20 million home or whatever, or, $2 million, or whatever, $200,000 home, whatever it is. And the first thing is you want people to see you on social. They, you want them to know what you do. The next thing I did is, so like I'd go to a house, I'd ask the agent if it was okay, you know, obviously. And then I would take a bunch of photos, do some video and whatever. And then I'd create a library of stuff that I have. And then every once in a while, I'll put it out there. The next thing I did was I learned the market. I learned the market really well. I, I, because it's sort of intimidating when you're new to, to if you get a call that's for a million dollar house and you've never shown a million dollar house or even if it's 500 or whatever it is, you feel intimidated. So you have to feel the confidence first. By going to these brokers opens, it made me confident. And it, it was actually bad a little bit, because then I felt like a snob. I'm like, oh, that's only a million dollar house. You know? Like, <laughs> who the hell am I, you know? But, um, so you get the confidence. Then you learn the market. Another thing is, this can help. I'm sure all of you go to people's houses for dinner or whatever, and you meet them at their house. So what I did is I would, before I go to anyone's house, I look up comps that sold around the neighborhood. So when I go there and they're talking to me, they'll be like, how's the market? I'm not going to like machine gun like stats or anything. No one cares. I would say, I'd say, yeah, it's good. And I'd say, Oh, it's interesting that a home sold there last week or two weeks ago. And then I would tell them a little bit about it. Yeah. I was surprised it was on the market for, for 200 days. And they'll be then all of a sudden that friend knows that you know the market in their neighborhood because everyone knows that you know business that you do real estate but they may not think that you know their market or they may not think that you know anything you know and instead of calling up someone hey i'm new in real estate would you like to go for coffee or something i would say i would call them up how's it going i haven't spoken to you in a while the other day i was by this this donut place and I thought about you and let's just catch up. When can we go out? If you if you show interest in someone else, they're going to show interest in you. They're going to ask you how's everything. And if you're honest with them and you tell them, you know, it's been going well, but you know, obviously I want to get better at this. And don't ask for business. You don't have to ask for business. If you're nice and genuine to them, in my 15 years, I've never asked one person for business. But last year, just to I've had 17 referrals from other agents around the country from not asking them in one year. So, it, it, so as far as structuring your day, and I'm sorry I'm taking so long to answer, knowing the market, feeling that you're comfortable, putting it on social, and those days that you feel like crap, do content, create content, and do something, right? So you have to, do, you have to pretend that you are, so like, okay, I'll give you an example. Say, say someone is asked me, I'm in New York and someone says um, that they wanna go to Pines, right? They have a house and then I tell them everything about her. I spend the whole day telling, that whole night saying how great Dunya is, everything about her. Before they ever call her, they're gonna Google her. They're gonna find out who she is. And if they Google you and they find that you're a ghost, that you're nothing, you're not gonna get the call. I get a lot of listings from people that have Googled me. I didn't even know I was competing against agents, but because I do podcasts, because I do video, because I do photos, because I do everything that you can do that costs you zero, if they Google you, you're gonna get a listing or a buyer from doing just that. So never feel like there's nothing to do. There's always something to do. Pretend you're that consumer, do it, and keep putting it out there. I mean, that's why Maya's here. She's here just to listen so she can create content. You know?
0: And that just goes back to, just do it. Just do it. Just get out there and do it. There's no, no, what can I do now? I'll, I'll do something, you know? It's not in the office, it's not in, you know, like that's why I tell you personally why I have my cubicles. Because a cubicle becomes an area for you to hang out. You're inside an enclosed room. You're inside of your laptop. Trust me. There were times I don't remember. I people go. I had my laptop and I was watching TV. I was literally watching TV. Nobody around me knew what I was doing. Okay, and they thought that I was working, but I wasn't just because I didn't know. You understand? And nobody really told me just do it, just get out there, just go. Okay, so that's really what he's telling you. Just go to open houses, go to reconstruction, uh, go to a broker's open, do video, post video, and do it. That's really what
1: it is. Um, I'm actually working also on structuring my day because I do feel like there's days that I've been more accomplished than others. Um, so, basically, like most of my morning is spent on whatever deals I have going, reaching out to make sure that the contracts are moving, scheduling, is um, and then a
3: lot of my, my evenings are, are really showing As When I was new, like you guys, I didn't know anything, obviously. So when I got with my brokerage, I made friends with several agents there. So I asked if I could go, I blocked out these times, 10 to four pretty much every day was for my day. Um, I got, had those set aside and whatever their appointments were, I went with them. I went to the listing, I went to the showings, and then oh, it was always agents that don't want to do their open houses, so I always had my name. up. Anybody need an open house? I did the open houses. That's how I got 90% of all my listings is from hosting those open houses and the other buyers. So in the beginning, I literally rode around with other agents to their appointments to see how they do it, listen to how they're, and each one was different. I had about five. You just comfort. heard from her.
0: Oh, 90% of our listings came from hosting the open house. They were not her deals, guys. Those were not her homes. Those were not her listings. She just went out there and posted about it, <laughs> talked about it, mentioned to people what was out there. And that's how she got her news. Okay. Um, great. Another question. Sorry, going back
3: to
0: what you said, it, but there were open houses, like from your, from my um, your office. Yeah. Were from yeah. House. Other agents. guys like, like, yes, but understand that you can call anyone. Okay. Buy What did you just tell me before we started?
3: She posted something on yesterday? It's on my But since I I So I'm
0: posting. No. And then you got two calls. She so she got two calls. There are other people. All you've got to do is call the other agents and say, hey, listen, can I market your home? She has the email that says, yes, you may market my home. Back in the days, the MLS had a button that tells you, yes, you can market. Now they made it to where you have to email someone, have it in writing, because they are the ones that have had this position. But guys, there are agents that may tell you no, but there's a bunch of agents that I'll tell you yes, please go ahead and do it.
3: And. Okay.
2: You know what and I'm sure Yuri could relate to this a lot the average agent sucks no matter what the price point is and it's like you you do this deal and you think oh I'm gonna learn so much from this agent that's selling this I remember the first three million dollar house that I showed I was nervous scared whatever I got there way early because I, I was scared that I would be late the other guy comes late wearing jeans with jeans is okay, depending on who your client is and what the area is, late and then on the phone the whole time, and like giving no respect. So I figure that if I sell, you know, but with, with luxury, I'm gonna like add a little bit to your question, you can't do the same thing as luxury as you do for a regular sale. I was working with a heat player and I can't just call him up and ask him like, like, hey, what's going on with you? Are you ready to buy or whatever? The, when he tells me what he's looking for, I have to call up other agents in the area and find out off-market homes. I have to provide value. If I'm gonna get a six-figure commission, I need to have something different. And I know that if you're dealing with a celebrity or something, if you text them, they're probably gonna return your text two out of 10. They're not going to return it every time, but I know every time that they're seeing it. So you have to have a different mindset and you should have that mindset. Anyways, if you're an agent for a buyer, don't be like, Hey, I'm just going to schedule your appointments to see the properties. Cause if, if that's the case, our value is very little. But if you say, if you tell someone, they say, I'm looking for this area, that area whatever, and you say, okay, besides the ones that show online, I'm gonna see if I can find any others that are off market. I'm not saying I'm gonna find anything, but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know. Because then they're gonna see that there's value. Because even if you tell them that there's nothing and there is nothing, they're gonna be thinking that it's called FOMO, fear of missing out. They're gonna think that, man, if I would have used her, maybe I could have found something else that I couldn't find. So yeah, luxury, it's just a mindset. Just creating that value every time.
0: And, and one question that nobody has asked, which is kind of weird, okay? commissions, right? So do you guys in your listings, have you lowered your commissions?
2: Never, never. 6% plus 350 is what we charge. I've never lowered my commission. If I'm doing a deal and it's tight where, where maybe inspections or the seller's losing money or, or something, I don't mind helping out but going into it I see I provide value and I know that I'm gonna spend a lot more than another agent is and if I, I don't I think when you create your brand well enough they never ask you to lower the commission because they, they see the value you're attracting them rather than you chasing them so it's it's not a big deal
0: Then you're getting basically uh, 6, 7, 8% right. on a deal. So, yeah, that's really the only time that you should be doing it.
3: Uh, Mine's the same with her. The only time I've done it is, more they asked. Because <laughs> if they don't ask, it's 6%. Um, and they're buying on the other side. And then I don't really to do it.
0: And there you go, guys. So, you know that it's not, there is no norm. You can't say, oh, the norm is, there is no norm. It's all negotiable. But you can tell that during the negotiation that the answer is no.
2: Nope. We're actually looking to increase our commissions, yeah. you know, because we see the value what we're doing. And just to add what they were saying as far as lowering it, if I would make a suggestion, if you are doing the buyer and seller side, lower it on the give them a credit for the buyer side, because sometimes they sell the house, they don't buy a house, and then you lost. But if you, if you do six, or whatever the number is, and they're buying something, and you say, hey, I'm gonna give you a point, or two points, or whatever, I'm not saying not to be generous, but do it on that side, because sometimes people can do things that you don't think they're gonna do. Right. And at
0: the same time, it kind of forces them to continue with you. Right, because right. Because you're giving them the a <laughs> cost, right. so they're gonna be like, oh, <laughs> the other guy's gonna give you something, I'm not gonna really buy, so great. On one last question, I so for go ahead. Um. Um, give like an example from like a social media into, um, A deal? Yeah, a
2: deal. Yeah. Um, so like, I can tell you this, the agents, and I'm not saying you or anyone else, but the agents that have the mindset of the return on investment on branding are not going to do it well. You know, I, I know that This is like since I've started branding, probably like um, three and a half years ago, it was just me, a single agent by myself. And then I started spending on branding and the ROI on my business is I have two other agents that work with me. We have a videographer following us and um, it grows. If If you show value and you do it where it's consumer focused, not how great i am because no one cares then it will grow it it will grow astronomically because if you see like all these um, commercials it's so weird because if we look at real estate it's so different than other businesses when nike advertises when gatorade advertises when budweiser when all these companies advertise they never advertise the product they advertise the brand and in real estate we advertise the product it's so stupid that we do that so why not be do what others do it takes time it takes a lot of time but if you're in this for the long run it's, it'll take you four or five six months before you get anything but if you have that mindset that okay i have to just work more hours i'm gonna hustle like what i'm gonna do plus i'm gonna do this because we all need to make a living too that if you do that over a long time it'll it's, it's crazy. Okay, you,
1: like, emails,
2: calls, like that, so I'll, tell, I'll give you an example. I, I did a $6 million lead because someone saw, I spent, okay, so I had a property that was $6.5 I spent $20,000 marketing it. I never sold it, okay? People have told me all the time, like, oh my God, that's so bad. But because of that property, I sold $16 million in business from it. So it doesn't matter, but so someone saw a video, another agent saw a video of that property that I did that I overspent on, whatever. And I, I closed the $6 million deal in Fisher Island because that agent saw my video and they referred me that person. So it's all, you can't connect the dots sometimes. It's just the whole thing.
0: All right, so I wanted to thank Amanda, Amit, Dunia. It's been incredible. You guys feel it was great information. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. guys. I appreciate you like crazy. My you pleasure. guys know that. Um, and you know, look them up. You'll see what they're doing. Uh, follow them. Um, you know, for me it's a little bit different now. My mindset has kind of changed. But you guys will see that. I personally, when I was back in the business, I, I as an agent, I was doing exactly what they. Because it became about our uh, branding and showing our value. You understand? Know now it's more about I need to brand the company, right? For, for you guys. But it, it, now you guys are listening from agents, not your, your, your broker let's say, or your company person, as to what to do. In fact, you guys need to do what other agents are doing. Okay? Hopefully that has helped. Right?
2: Can I add something? Yes, so I know, like, when I started in real estate, no one helped me. And even though we don't work for the same brokers, any of you at any time could hit me up and I'll be happy to help you with scripts, role play, whatever you need, marketing, I'll be happy to. And the two on my team would as well, okay?
0: Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, thanks a lot guys. Um, I
2: would like- okay, cool.